Our first reading can be found on page 1180 of the Church Bibles and is Philippians chapter 30, sorry, chapter 3, verses 17 to chapter 4, verse 1. So that's page 1180. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you, you have us as a model, Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transfer our lowly transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my dear friends. This is the word of the Lord. And the Gospel reading is in Luke, chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go and tell that fox, I'll keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I'll reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. 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 You who kill prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that I may decrease and you will increase in me. Speak your words through me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we read the account of Luke about the temptation of Jesus, the temptations that had one agenda, which was to take Jesus off course and for him to take matters into his own hand and out of God's will. Luke, unlike Matthew's account of the temptations, ends it by saying, the devil departed from him until an opportune time. 
in our reading today, it states from verse 31, At that same hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. This passage, while not specifically identified as temptation, can we consider it as such? Why, Luke, in the earlier verses of this chapter, records that Jesus was teaching from one town and village as he made his way to Jerusalem. This is going to be his destination, the goal of his ministry. So we don't know the motive behind the message of the Pharisees. Was it concern for Jesus? Was there warning coming from a place of care? Is it the case that they were thinking, we don't want you, Jesus, to die in the same way that Herod was successful in the killing of John the Baptist? Or was it to scare him with the threat of Herod and take him off course? Save yourself and get away from here. Was this a subtle temptation? A means by which he's taken out of his way from the route to Jerusalem, from the fulfillment of his passion? Was it to put fear into him? And not only him, what about the disciples that were close by? For them to hear this, that Herod wants to kill you, were they trying to get a reaction and change everything? Instead, Jesus revealed that he wasn't phased. Jesus sees Herod for who he really is, a fox. And the Pharisees would have known exactly what this derogative term meant. One who is sly, cunning, a destroyer. And Jesus was not going to be moved from the work of the ministry, from his divine purpose. He says, I will keep on casting out demons and healing today and tomorrow. No threat from anyone is going to stop this. And how easy it is at times when we face real threats to stop the good that we are doing. It can be excused as being a wise choice. Did you not hear what they said? Let's stop. Let's not bother doing it anymore. Let me stop now. Maybe I can come back to it later. Maybe we can go somewhere else. We'll continue doing the work somewhere else. And in some cases, this may be right. This may be the wise thing to do through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. For Jesus, he saw through everything and he was not going to be moved. What cunning, sly situation, what words is trying to stop you from going about doing the good that God has called you to do? What is stopping you from pursuing the purpose that you know that God has placed on you. And this threat doesn't have to be life-threatening, but simply a means of which you are given a choice of deviating from the will of God. I remember towards the end of my BAP discernment process, while I was still at CPS, I started receiving job opportunities for promotion, promotion that I had wanted for a long time. And they will come to me, Fumilayo, apply for that role. Apply, it's going to be good. <laughs> and I knew that this was a mere distraction. Just when I'm in the process 
of leaving to pursue this thing. You're telling me to apply that I'm going to get this job. Nah. I had to continue and keep on going in the direction that I knew God had planned for me. Promotion in CPS was not a part of it. For Jesus, his movement was not going to be dictated by the threat of man. He was going to move according to divine schedule and purpose. For he says, the third day, I finish my work. God's purpose, God's compass. And for the disciples that were listening in, and for us listening in today, is it for us to see the courage and the determination shown by Jesus in how he trusted the divine will of God that the journey to Jerusalem was going to take place? He was going to Jerusalem despite what was heard. And while the threat was probably real, he was not going to be sidetracked. He was not going to be moved by fear because that was the plan. But his movement was going to be by faith through divine necessity and guidance. I, can, I pictured the Pharisees gathering around him because he said some Pharisees. So what wasn't one to some Pharisees gathering around. Herod just wants to kill you. Get away from here. So there was panic in their voices to bring panic to Jesus. And I just pictured the disciples thinking, ha, ah, we've heard that John is dead. Lord Jesus, what do you think? Master, what are you thinking? Panic, you know, all of that pressure can bring panic in people. But Jesus stood. Day one, day two, day three. My job is finished. I must complete my job. How about us? There is so much terror that we are hearing, that we are seeing. Real devastation. Things are real. And maybe the good that we want to do in the name of Christ, we may think, what's the point? And I say to each one of us, let fear not be the compass in which we go by as Christians. Let us keep on pursuing the good that we know to do in the way of Christ. The way for Jesus was Jerusalem. And Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen in Jerusalem. The place that kills prophets. He knew the rejection he was going to receive. He knew the pain he was going to encounter. He knew it all. Yet he laments for Jerusalem. He laments for the very place that was going to destroy him. He laments, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And this double reference implies intimacy, care, deep emotion. And Luke, one of the only writers, we see that with Martha. Martha, Martha, you're busy about things. When Simon was going to um, deny him, Simon, Simon. And when Saul was persecuting the church, Saul, Saul. And all of those times where when people were doing things that was going to hurt him, and how does Jesus respond? With compassion. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. 
And what is the desire of Jesus? To gather and protect the very city that would reject him. To gather your young children together as a hen gathers her prood under her wings. N.T. Wright comments on this imagery about a farmyard that catches fire. The hen gathers her cheeks under her wings to protect them. And those who take part in the cleanup, they find a dead, scorched, blackened hen and underneath it, cheeks that are alive. What has she done? She has given her life to save them. This is a vivid, violent imagery of what Jesus himself would have to go through. His passion is not only for Jerusalem, Israel, but for the whole world, for each of us. And we see that as we look to the cross, the cross really is a gathering of each one of us under him to save us, to protect us. And this really is the mother heart of God. There is safety in Jesus. There is such protection in Jesus. But there is also free will. Jerusalem refused the protective arm and covering of Jesus. Free will. And his desire for Jerusalem is the same desire that he has for each one of us to gather us the choice to come to Jesus, free will. And this passage also speaks up to me about the importance of being focused. Temptations will come, but we, like Jesus, have to set our face like a flint be determined to keep going in the face of the threat, in the face of the noise to take off our course. We set our face like flint and we keep going on the journey in which he has set for us. Jesus stayed focused on his end goal. And as individuals, we each have our own end goal. We have our common end goal as Christians but we each have our individual end goal. So Paul encouraged those in Philippians, those, those three words I took, stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm. Don't be shaken. Don't be moved by what we see, by what we hear. Don't be moved. Let us stand firm under the protective arm of Jesus. The Friday devotion of Lexio 365 was about Harriet Tubman, an American abolitionist, ab abolitionist and political activist. Through her, in the 20th century, she rescued, she escaped, she was a slave and escaped. And she went back to save about 70 members of her family and friends through the uh, Underground Railroad. And there was now a price for her head because she was freeing people. 
there was a price for her hair, threats to kill her. And what did she say? If you are tired, keep going. If you are scared, keep going. If you are hungry, keep going. If you want to taste freedom, keep going. So I closed it with this. We keep going with determined faith and trust in him, Jesus Christ, who has gone before us and made each one of us his passion. Amen.